Welcome to the Grazing Podcast for Robertson Sheetham Farmers Co-op. My name is Clint, and I will be your host as we record live from our beautiful Springfield, Tennessee location inside our podcast studio. Robertson Cheatham is a member-owned farm supply cooperative. You can learn more about us on our website, yourfarmerscoop.com, in addition to our Facebook and Instagram pages. Welcome back to the Grazing Podcast for Robertson Cheatham Farmers Co-op. We are continuing our employee tour of the UT Extension office here in town. Last week we had on Timmy Mann, and today we have on Elizabeth Graves Fletcher, and Lauren Bothrop. How are we doing, ladies? Good. Good. How are you? I'm, I'm doing well. I feel a little bit out of sorts because I had to run back home and run my, I'm leaving all kinds of equipment stuff out. So I feel like y'all have just been awkwardly sitting here waiting on me, but I think we got it all figured out and we're ready to go now. Um, I appreciate y'all taking the time to come up here. Elizabeth, first thing, happy belated birthday. Well, thank you. Thank you. Because it was, it was yesterday, right? It was yesterday. Which the 17th. And the seventeen. Twenty-five years old. Today. Twenty-five years old. That's right. At twenty-five, isn't that like the? Um, that's like the last number to look. You know, when you turn eighteen, that's uh, when you turn sixteen. You know, you start driving. When you turn eighteen, you can buy cigarettes if you want to. I guess twenty-one, and then twenty-five because I think you can rent a car at twenty-five. Oh, really? I, I didn't know. I want to say that's right. And if you want to go, um, if you wanted to go to the beach with your husband. A lot of times, a lot of those places, I don't think they'll let you uh, rent, like, vacation homes unless you're 25, I want to say. Hmm. So that's kind of like the the last exciting number to look forward to. Oh, after, wow, jeez. After that, I guess, like, whenever you can draw Social Security, you know, whenever that starts in your maybe 60s, I guess, 66 or something. But yeah. anyway, happy belated birthday. Well, thank you. Uh, so, y'all, let's, let's start by hearing about... Um, your background before you hired on with, with UT. You know, when I think of the UT Extension, the, the people that work for it generally, kind of like the people that work at co-op, they have an ag background of some degree, and that's kind of what led them there. Is that Did, did you all have an ag background growing up? Well, I'll go first. So um, I did. So I graduated from um, Austin P State University with my um, – with my – Oh, gosh. What do you call that thing? The first Ag- thing agriculture science. Oh, my goodness. Ag science. Yes, ag science. And I, I graduated with my ag science and um, loved it up there. Uh, let's go pee. And <laughs> then uh, I, I came to the extension office. Um, I actually had experience with working at the extension office before I came, became a 4-H agent. And um, it, my previous job was TINSEP program assistant. And what that basically meant was I did a lot of cooking classes, and it was really fun. But when I hopped into um, 4-H side of it, I loved, loved, loved it. Uh, I, I went to camp as a 4-H'er, and I absolutely loved it. Um, Miss Kathy Finley was uh, my 4-H agent, as well as Timmy Mann. And, oh, my goodness, I just absolutely loved 4-H when I was a kid. And um, I did just about everything except uh, show cows. So uh, it was it was really fun, and just getting to see uh, the 4-H side um, as an agent 
is really fun. Okay, so let me let me backtrack to, to Austin P. So you graduated from there with your ag science degree. I was talking with Timmy last week, and hilariously enough, we both had uh, a professor up there in the ag department that had been there forever. So he was Timmy's professor and he was my professor, Dr. Good. Did you ever have him? Yes, I sure did. Isn't that, I isn't sure that did. something? <laughs> Golly, it's like the, I guess he had to have been there since like the 70s or 80s, but I think he finally retired. But when Timmy told me that, I thought that was hilarious. He retired about four times in my uh, while I was there, so <laughs> he's on and off. He was a big soils guy. He is, and he always had a massive problem. Like if we went out on a, if we went out to the the, the farm out there, and mm-hmm. we were looking at different types of soil, whatever. He's like, don't ever call it dirt. You know, it's, it's soil. Dirt is what you track in on your, your shoes when you come in the house. That's right. So uh, yeah, no, he was he was one of my professors. And did you have a uh, Dr. Sudbrink, was yes. he still there? Yes, I, I really love like, him. Yeah, yeah. Now, Dr. Caldwell, he probably wasn't there, was he? he I think no. he retired. Uh, what about Dr. Mills? Was he there? Yes, still there. Had still him. kicking. Had him. It's, it's, it's fun to think back. It brings back memories for me going back in time and thinking about all these people. And we had the same people. Yes, cool. yes. So you got your ag science degree there, which that's, that's what I got too. Um, did you, when you start, I think last time we did this, before there was a changeup, you know, before Jeff Smith retired, you know, Timmy took his position, from what I understand, and, and Lauren Patterson as well, kind of uh, different delegating of responsibilities there. But you were more so, last time we talked, you were like in the, um, was, was it 4-H to the degree that it is now, or did, you, did that change your responsibilities around? So it totally changed my responsibilities <clears throat> um, with the TINSEP, Aside, I did all age groups, every, every, everybody, and uh, but now I'm just kids, and it, it is really fun uh, to see fourth grade, fifth grade, and up uh, just through their eyes, um, doing speeches, doing posters, doing all the above. So, did was that kind of what you envisioned yourself doing when you started with? with the extension office, but there just wasn't really an opportunity for that initially. It took some some changing the stuff around for that to happen. That's right. So I've kind of always wanted to be a a 4-H agent um, ever since Kathy was just kind of talking to me about it uh, one day, and I was like, I kind of want to go to camp every year and get paid to do it. So Now, when you you were in 4-H as a kid, what – what exactly did you participate in? Was it like chickens or livestock or archery or just a little bit of everything? So uh, no no uh, animals for me, but I participated in uh, in camp, of course. Uh, I was one of Miss Kathy's really big uh, campers uh, as a child and as a teen and as an adult. So uh <laughs> Actually, last year was the first year that I didn't go to camp as um, as one of the 4-H leaders. So um, it was it was really fun doing that. And then um, I participated in uh, some canning classes. I was more of a FCS uh, family consumer science. Uh, person or a kid as well so but it, it sounds like it was pretty impactful to you as a oh, kid yes it stuck with you it made a big impression 
and you know you're now you're making a career out of it, which is exactly which is pretty neat to see. Um, now, Lauren, let's let's go over to you okay. now. So, were you when did Jeff retire? Was that last December or last January? I want to say um, it was about this time last year. Is when I, I think me. so. So. Lauren was brought on and, and kind of the same thing, helping out with, with 4-H. So it sounds like we've got a, a strong team up there together now helping out. But, uh, Lauren, I know you're from Ch- it's Cheatham County yep. originally, right? I'm from Cheatham County. Okay, so did you grow up on a farm over there? Or did you grow up participating in 4-H? I did. I did both. Um, so my family has a cow-calf operation in um, the Ashland City, Pleasant View area. So we're mostly beef cattle. But we also have some sheep, um, horse, poultry, um, goats, a little bit of everything. Um, and then I was a forage member in Cheatham County growing up. My degree is from Tennessee Tech. So my degree is in agriculture and animal science. And then after I graduated, I started working with the Tennessee Department of Agriculture in the Animal Health Division. And I was there for nine years before coming on here. Mm. So now, where was was are we talk about the? I'm thinking about the place down there off of um, down there south of Nashville, the, the Ellington Center. Yes. It was, yep. Is that where you yep. were? That's where I was. Okay, so did you commute from Ashland City down there every day? I did most days. I did have some work from home days, but most of the time I was in Nashville. How was that drive? Because you got to go through Nashville to to the other side. Was traffic rough? It was a little rough. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, yeah, that's a good little drive down there because if we, uh, if you have a, you know, a cow die for example, you yep. can take it down there for an autopsy. Yep. I've, so I was right there at the um, the um, core diagnostic lab where um, we did that. So I started out being the secretary front desk office um, there with the core lab, and then I also worked in the animal health division, and I ended up. Um, I was the direct, um, like, admin assistant for um, the state veterinarian. What years? So nine years. So when? what would that have been through? So I started the end of September of 2014, and I started my job here October 1st. By gosh, I, I've seen, I knew I saw you somewhere. I'm pretty sure you helped me. Uh, you know, accommodate me with my dead a dead cow I brought down Probably there. Probably so. To have an autopsy on it. Because you would have been behind the desk. Yes. You, you've helped me out with that before. I probably I, I, have. I thought you looked familiar. Because, yep. um, you know, that's a really good, it's unfortunate that, you know, that happens. But uh, it's, for people that do not know that, to may listen to this, if you have, you know, if you got a prize bull that you go out there and he's dead one day, if, uh, as long as you don't wait too long, you can load him up hauling down there and they'll perform an autopsy and can tell you what exactly happened yeah it's an awesome service oh so, yes um, yes and it's um the necropsy itself is free so mm-hmm. um the only thing they charge is for disposal and it's always kind of fun you know you, i drive through nashville with this dead aunt, this dead cow in the back of my truck it's always kind of fun to look around at people's reactions and cars around you, oh yeah you know? we've had um some people that would um Follow them, like see them on the interstate, and follow them all the way 
to the office and they would call and be like, we're behind this person with a dead cow. And they're like, it's okay. Like, it's okay. But we've had people follow them all the way there just because oh. they were not happy. Oh, I don't doubt it. I don't doubt it. You know, that's, that's for the majority of people, that's a completely different culture. Oh, yeah. Uh, I remember my dad. Now, this was before I was born. He had some, it was, he said it was a big snow on the ground. In the wintertime, they had some cows get out, and uh, they got in somebody's yard and started eating one of these ornamental bushes, uh, you know, that don't naturally grow here, and it killed three or four of them. And he took one down uh, there to have an autopsy done, and it was big snow on the ground, and he had to pull in the gas station to get gas or something, you know, dead cow in the back of the truck, and somebody was like, what are you, what are you doing? He said, oh, I got it back there for weight. You know, it's not, <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, it's just a completely different culture from what people are using, but I the times I've had to do it, uh, I look around, people passing me, and they, you get some funny looks on the Oh, yeah, street. and it's literally right south of Nashville, and the campus is right outside the subdivision, so mm-hmm. you have to, like, go through a subdivision oh, yeah, to get yeah. in there. So. It's an interesting inter- intermingling of, of, of culture uh, trying to get down there. So you were there for nine years. You started with the extension October the 1st. Yes. Okay. Uh, was that, as far as a commute, that's got to be a... A little bit easier of a commute for. Oh, right? it's a dream. It's a dream now. Um, no traffic. The only traffic you get behind is a tractor. Yeah, and that's that's okay sometimes. <laughs> yes. You know, we can we can tolerate yep. that. So was it? Did you know that you wanted to you know get on with the extension, or did the position come up and you heard about it and somebody suggested it, or how did that how did that work out? So I um, in college, I did have an idea that I wanted to be a extension agent. And when I got out of college, there wasn't really anything, like, in the immediate area. I knew I didn't want to move, like, too far from home, um, just because we do have the family farm and stuff that we help out on. Um, So I got my job at TDA, and I honestly loved my job there. And I really wasn't looking to leave or anything like that. Um, But I was on my maternity leave um, this summer, and I had heard about the job, and... I just it everything just fell in place, mm. so it was just meant to be. So yeah, yeah. And participate. I know you. You said you grew up on a farm. Did you grow up in 4-H to the point you're like, I'd, I'd love to make a career out of this, kind of like what Elizabeth I did. Said. So I was a livestock girly. So I did. I did the chick chain. I did um, meat goats, and I did um, commercial beef heifers. Um, so those were like my main. Showing aspects, but I also did, um, like, honor club and um, community service events. I did go to camps, on, and um, I loved it. It's so much fun just seeing agriculture in the youth's eyes and bringing light to them. So, And, and I'm sure it's an opportunity for young people, and I, I want to ask more about this later, but, you know, let's just say sports isn't their thing, for example. Um, and a lot of kids nowadays, they're, or a lot of parents, I'm sorry, are like homeschooling is becoming more of a thing now, more than ever. Um, so with that, I, th- I think you need to, you have to be thoughtful as a parent about, okay, how do I, if, if I'm going to go this homeschool route, I still need to have my kids in a position where they're, they're going to be socialized and, and have community with other kids. You know, if you don't have that at a church or somewhere else, they need that. 
was is 4-H is that a good was that a good thing for y'all growing up being involved in it just having making buddies and making friends and learning how to talk to people too. yes and you meet people from all over the state um, when you go to the club or the camps and different activities so there's some people that I met in 4-H as a kid that I um, still talk to to this day that mm. are not from around here so um it brings it brings you together. So. Oh yeah, yeah, I can imagine. Were y'all in um, FFA in high yes. school? See, I always kind of think of four. It's kind of like being a precursor, maybe yes. to, to FFA. <laughs> And I, I wasn't in either. My sister, she did 4-H for a little bit, but I wasn't. I didn't do 4-H. I didn't do FFA. Um, and I had a brief stint of teaching high school where I was an ag advisor, but no teaching experience whatsoever. <laughs> it was just it's kind of funny how that worked out. But anyway, um, I got familiarized with, like, FFA with, with the kids, and I was blown away by – the, the skills that it would teach them. And I'm, I'm not talking about like shop out there, which I'm talking about. I had to judge some speaking competitions um, with some of these kids were in. And the work that they put into that and the, their, their skill set, and do, I, was, I was blown away by it because um, I was used to kids in high school not really talking that well and, and knowing the skills of, uh, um, you know, social interaction to, to the point where, I saw these kids in FFA and the way they could speak and carry on a conversation. I'm like, they're not going to have any trouble whatsoever, you know, in a, in a job interview, they're going to do a great job. So that was a very eye opening to me. So, um, you know, after experiencing that, I would recommend to any parent that wanted to get their kid involved in something 4-H would be a great starting point. Did y'all hear those footsteps walking by? <laughs> this thing, it picks up sounds of far away so we can spy on people's conversations. Um, I didn't know what that was. I thought when y'all was kicking the table. Um, but anyhow, as far as if, if a parent was interested in getting their, their child involved in 4-H, what type of programs are offered there at the extension office? Like if a parent comes in and says, hey, what, what can I expect? I got a you know, seven-year-old little boy or girl and I want to get them involved, what can I expect as far as programs? So um, we have 4-H activities for any and all. So I know you mentioned um, homeschool, and we have a club for homeschool Mm. kids, and it's really big. It's I think the last meeting we had 30-something. Really? Yeah, they fill fill up our little meeting room um, with all the homeschool kids that come. And now, is that from age? Fourth and up. Fourth and up. Okay, so those first, second, third, fourth, uh, third. Um, 30, 30 people. That's that's interesting to hear. I wouldn't have thought it had been that many. But it's it's getting to be more popular. It is, it is. Um, so when that happens, are y'all, are y'all orchestrating that meeting when they come in? We have great volunteers. I mean, great, great volunteers. And we have about 60-something of them that work in different facets of 4-H. And uh, we, we have a volunteer leader, uh, lead Clover Club. That's what we call it, Clover Club. And we, we really uh, enjoy our volunteers, and they lead so well in uh, clubs and things. And 
We also have um, clover buds, which is a third and below um, group, and they they meet in February. And oh my goodness, they are so funny. You'll have to tell them about the fire truck oh, thing yeah. so, we did. So clover clubs, their last meeting, or clover buds, their last meeting was in October, and that was right after I started. So. For that meeting, they had planned to have um, the Springfield Fire Department come out, and I think Elizabeth was more excited than those little kids. I shut some kids down. I'm not going to lie. They were like, "Um, anyone else want to get up on the truck? And Elizabeth's like, don't forget me. Like, she was so excited. I put on the jacket and everything. I've gotten to know Elizabeth a little bit over the, I think the first time we met is when you we, you got an award from the Cattlemen's Association. Yes, That's yes. the first time. But one thing I've noticed about Elizabeth is she has a wonderful childlike spirit <laughs> that I'm envious of in a lot of ways. You know, I think if we can have that, that's a that's a beautiful thing to retain, isn't it? <laughs> oh yeah, she's my hype woman. Oh yes. hey, she, oh you got She gets us excited about everything. Oh yes. Imagine if you didn't have that. You know what I mean? It'd be it'd be more difficult. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. We love her. Oh, so the so there. It sounds like there's a program. It goes, what y'all do, you're dealing with fourth and up uh, mainly, but there is a program for little children to first, second, third grade. Yes. Just like a pre-4-H of, you know, they teach them to say the pledge. They mm-hmm. teach them to say their name. They, Because, they, I mean, getting up and, stand, and standing in front of a crowd and say, my name is Elizabeth is pretty hard for a first grader oh, it's, hard. it's so, hard for adults yes yes yeah, no that's a wonderful so it's kind of like an introductory kind of thing exactly exactly just to get them familiarized yeah so um they take a lot of like agriculture stuff and mm-hmm. put it on their level so um i think elizabeth said before i got on like they did a soybean class mm. um, a corn class and they just, had june dairy month mm-hmm. so. be- because kind of like the culture thing we were talking about as far as, you know, the route of getting down to the animal lab down there, um, majority of these, these kids probably have never been around any type of agriculture to the degree that we have. Right. It's just not prevalent in that way as it used to be. So, you know, if they take a soybean class or a corn class, they've probably never necessarily heard, I don't know if they've ever heard of a soybean before. Probably not. Some of them hadn't. <laughs> um, and that's that's big medicine to a little kid, you know, learn it. Because it, it's... There's, when you look at little kids' books, like my kids, they got all kinds of little books. A lot of them are about farming stuff. There's just something about it that grabs a kid's imagination. Um, so it's really cool that y'all have that program where that's that takes place. Is there an enrollment period? Yes. For that, we are always enrolling students in 4-H. Okay, so every that, day. So it's not like uh, well, you got to wait until February the 20th. That's when we enroll. Nope, you can hop on any time. All right, that's encouraging to know. So. Um, have you seen, since y'all have been in this, in this kind of new role for you and since Lauren hired on, the, the homeschooling part of it, because that is becoming more popular, do you think that will lead to more enrollment in 4-H just kind of as a, as a general overall deal as far as, you know, these parents, you know, they're not getting... 
they're not getting the social interaction that I'd like for them to, you know, having homeschooled. So we're going to make up for that with 4-H. I mean, do y'all see that being a thing? Oh, of course, of course. Um, Of course, our first um, our first contest is uh, public speaking. And it is really good for homeschool for just everybody in in Robertson County. And um, we we really see homeschool kids participating in that. I think everybody, all 30 kids, participated in the homeschool um, public speaking um, in the past meetings. That's wonderful. So, and there's, there's volunteer, like if a parent wants to volunteer. Can of they, course, can we're they always looking for volunteers, guys. I can imagine if you got 30 kids running around. I mean, for two of y'all, that's, that's a lot to keep up with. Oh, yeah. We couldn't do it without our volunteers for sure. Because um, there's so many different projects and after school groups and um we're going to the schools every um pretty much every single day every single day Um, so we're meeting all the fourth and fifth graders in robertson county and then um some of the sixth seventh and eighth grade as well so we we stay busy and there's no way we could do it without the help of volunteers i can imagine because of the typical we'll say like walthoga for example that's where i went to school as far as like a I think back then it was uh, either three or four, like, fourth-grade classes. So it's not just one fourth-grade class. I mean, you might speak to maybe all of them in, like, an auditorium or cafeteria, but are you all just going from classroom to classroom? or how does Pretty much. <laughs> yeah. I think at Watauga, three of us meet. So it's me and Elizabeth and our um, program assistant, Rachel, that goes to Watauga. And I think we each have two or three classes that day. That's when cool. When we go there. So when you're there, do you take, like, props or visual aids with you to try to pique the kids' interest in it? Or is it just y'all talking with them? Or what do you – how do you try to – what's your pitch to them? Well, um, one one thing that I think is cool is we do parliamentary procedure with them. Mm-hmm. So um, I'm sure with FFA, parliamentary – Parliamentary procedure is a big thing in FFA, and we do it in 4-H, but just on fourth graders' level. So we have, in every club, we have a president, a vice president, a secretary, two service leaders, and a song leader. So um, the president gets up and bangs. We, we have a little gavel that we like to bring, and uh, the president is all about banging that. How hard is is a question sometimes they like to bang it hard and sometimes they're like what do I do with this but um so the president bangs the gavel and then of course the vice president helps and the secretary reads the role of kids and uh we like to make it fun and say okay everybody say your favorite color when um she calls your name uh things like that so I mean really we do parliamentary procedure and that that really gets them into, okay, well, I can be a judge and do this. I can be a lawyer and do this. I can, this is like a real career path that I could do to do parliamentary procedure. So I think that's really cool. And uh, that, that kind of gets, gets them involved. When it, I'm sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, I was going to say, this next, when we go back after Christmas break, we'll start promoting camp. So they'll get, yes. oh, they'll my get goodness, super yes. pumped up. Okay. And, and my, I guess my question is, since I had no experience with it, how often are the meetings where they actually come up to the office and y'all sit down and go through something together? 
So with um, with with schools, we do uh, four meetings, and then with uh, Clover Club and Clover Buds and Countywide. Uh, Countywide is just something we do. Um, if we don't come to your classes, um, you can come to us, and it's sixth grade and up. So it's kind of like a cool high school group. Mm. Um, that they think's really cool, but uh, we like our countywide. But um, we we do countywide and Clover Club, which is the um, homeschool, and then the Clover Buds, which is the third and below every month. Okay. So, well, how does it work with the organization of you know? For example, let's just say you got like a you have a, a fifth grader that wants to get into the archery side of it, right? Uh, and then you got a you know a, a fourth grader who wants to get chicks and begin raising a, a, a brood of chicks. How does that work with the organization of I it? Mean, do you just kind of lump them all into one thing together, or is this one separate from this one, or how does that how does that tangibly work? So how we know um, they're interested in that, we have like a little info sheet, and we say okay, check all the things that you are interested in and they might check all of them they might check one of them they might check just a few and that's how we know okay well little johnny's interested in chicks so we'll call him up about chick chain mm. uh, when we do chick chain things like that and okay so it, it's not necessarily like a, a competition kind of thing it's just you you figure you pinpoint with with this little girl over here, she's interested in, in having chicks. So we're going to get her set her up. With, we're going to set her up with that. Give her all the tools and information she needs, and that's just that's her and her parents' baby to take care of. Yes. And then you just kind of, I guess, you periodically check in on them to see how they're doing, and then like what's what's the final product look like of that? Do they show them somewhere? So the final product of <coughs> the chick chain will be at the county fair. Um, they'll bring, I believe, three. Correct bring three of their chicks maybe three to six of their chicks which are now hens at that point but they'll bring them to the county fair and they'll auction them off and then the proceeds go back into 4-h so timeline wise the you know the fair is in august or september when would they get the chicks would that be in the spring yes i think around march okay so a summer long project yes that's a, very fun. That is a wonderful thing because that teaches, I, you know, ideally the way it should work, that's going to teach them some sort of sense of responsibility, you know, yep. of caring for these things. That's a, that's a wonderful, wonderful tool. Uh, and for the parents, too, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. And then um, I would say just in general, um, backyard poultry is getting huge. Like yeah. everyone's wanting to um, raise their own chickens and get yes. their own eggs. Um, so... I was at an in-service the other day and was talking to some people that lived in more urban areas, and they have actually um, conformed their chick chain project to meet um, specifications for, like, those city limit folks. Yes, because if you – it's strange to think about for folks like us, but if you live in an urban area, they have – I don't know. I don't laws. That's probably not the right word. Some sort of regulation where you can only have so many for the the noise ordinance. Right. So they kind of tailored it to whatever their. Yes. So they were telling me. I guess one of their city ordinances was they could only have three chickens, and they said they literally had some kids come just get three chicks, mm. and um, when they when it came fair time, they only brought back like one. 
Um, but even me and Elizabeth were talking about that the other day, that um, for, like, the White House and Springfield area, um, maybe trying to conform to meet those kids, too, instead of um, the standard 25 chicks. Yeah, yeah, no, that's 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 a fantastic idea. Uh, when we're talking about enrollment, because you said we had around 30 homeschool kids, what about all over the board from, you know, Fourth grade up to however long it goes. How many how many young folks do we have enrolled? So we meet a hundred and one school clubs um, across Robertson County, and I would say there's probably twenty at least twenty kids per class. So we're looking at meeting about two thousand youth in Robertson County. Just between the two of y'all and volunteers and volunteers. Goodness gracious! So how does that work? Do y'all do y'all stick together? I'm sure sometimes you work as a team, but other times do you say, okay, I'm taking Watauga, and then I'm going to take Chrysler. So we'll be in the same school together, but we'll meet different classes, and then sometimes we'll meet the same classes together um, for, like, our smaller schools or the private schools will be together. Um, but usually we're in the same school, but we'll usually be um, manning up different classrooms. Do you – Enjoy the fact that you're not cooped up in an office all day. You can get out and spread your wings and fly. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's that's really it's a really really neat thing to think about, especially because Elizabeth, your family, your grand, your, I know your grandfather. He was like the superintendent or something of a school, and maybe was it Nashville or a t- he was a principal or Kathy's dad. Wasn't he yes. involved in oh, education? Oh yes, yes. So that's kind of in your blood anyway, as far yes. as. But, and my mama was a teacher, too. Yes, yes, yes. So it's, you know, you're not a, a teacher, per se, but you kind of, you basically are. Yeah. Except you kind of get to, you, do, you can do it Without however you want to. Yes, exactly. <laughs> oh, that's, that's, a, that's a really neat thing to think about. So scheduling-wise, how does that work? Do y'all just sit down and look at a map and say, okay, we're going to. We're going to hit this school today, or, or is it like you throw a dart at the map and whatever gets gets close to, that's what we're going to go to? Elizabeth lives off my calendar. <laughs> <laughs> she lives off my calendar. Um, but I will say, prior to me coming on, her and our program assistant, Rachel, had organized all the schools. So I kind of came in um, with all that done. But just in general, she does live off my calendar. <laughs> And, and, and this is just Robertson County, right? Like Cheatham County, they've got their own yep, yep. their own office. Okay, so ninety five extension offices across Tennessee for each county. For each county, isn't that something and to think about? That but, is crazy. But the, you know the fact that 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 resource is being provided for these kids. You know, it's it's there and available if you want it. It's really something to take advantage of. Like I said, if they're not in sports or some other club, that kind of thing. It's really a wonderful opportunity. It yep. really is. And then 4-H is so broad. Um, so it's not just agriculture either. Um, like Elizabeth, she kind of hands um, heads our FCS stuff. So she does a lot of the cooking and sewing and she has a knitting club going on right yep. now. Um, so That's there's fun some, too. There's, I can imagine. <laughs> there's something for everybody. Well, that's what it sounds And when Timmy was, because I know Timmy before he, you know, the, the the deck was shuffled around. He did like the archery stuff, the shooting sports, which I didn't even, I don't even think I knew that was a thing. Yeah. Yep. So, um, shooting sports is something we're kind of taking on together. Um, and we've gotten our BB team set up and our archery team set up, and then working on getting the shotgun kids. Um, 
up and going too. So they all start in around mid-January is when all these will start up. Okay, so it's bow and arrow, BB. And shotgun. And that, that shotgun, are we talking about like a 410? Or y'all may not know the answer to that. Like a small gauge? They do 12 gauge. No kid. Yep. For like a fourth grader? It's fifth grade and up for shotgun. Woo! That's for a fifth grade. I mean, I know some of them kids are big; they can take it. But that gum, you know, that's a that's a lot of recoil, depending yeah. on what kind of what kind of gun you have. But that's that's so y'all y'all are going to be taking that over and kind of heading that up. Yep. So we do have volunteers <laughs> for that too, because even with two of us, we can't do it all. Sure. And um, I'm, I'm sure there's like a lot of dads, for example, that's right up there yes, as far yes. as teaching the kids. Yeah. Um, but it, I mean, the door is open there. If you want to be involved with your child in this. More power to you. It, yep, it can be we, like a, a family affair kind of thing. Yep, just like we enroll 4-H members all the time, we will take applications for volunteers all the time. Mm. So, And we're always looking for more volunteers because the more help we have, the more we can offer oh, the yes. youth of Robertson County. Yes. We can't do it all. No, y'all can't keep up, round up all these children and give this instruction. I mean, if you can have somebody, two or three sets of eyes, that frees y'all up yes. in a major way. So, what would you say, as far as the most enjoyable thing about it, what do y'all enjoy the most? I just like having fun. Um, y'all know that. But <laughs> I just like having fun and, like you said, just interacting with kids and of, of all ages. And um, I, I just like having fun like that. Well, it's at the childlike spirit I was yes, talking about a little yes. before you get around. And I experienced the same thing when uh, my brief stint as a teacher, you know, the the rapport with the kids. I had a blast with the kids. It was it was fun. Um, you know, it kind of takes you back to when you were their age, you yeah. know, and, and it was just, a, it was a fun experience. So I can I can certainly see that, you know, and, and you, you need that, kind of like you said, Lauren, she's your hype man. You know, the kids feed off that too. Like if you go out there and you're just like, fire truck here and you're just monotone and dull they're not going to get into it as much you know so having that <clears throat> that commonality with them uh where they you can make it that much more magical for them yes that makes all the difference in the world what about you Lauren? what do you enjoy the most compared to working you know down there uh at the at the ag center compared to this it sounds like it's a whole different ball game it is um so i love being out and about um Pretty much every day. Um, every day is different. Um, yeah. Nothing looks the same. Um, and then I love just being that mentor and that role model for um, the youth and getting to share my knowledge. Because, um, like like we said, a, a lot of kids, they don't know what a soybean is. Mm -hmm. um, and it's important to get that knowledge into our younger generations because who knows, like, Everything's getting more and more urbanized around mm. us. Um, and I think it's very important for um, the youth to know where the, their food comes from, where the cotton for their clothing comes from, and just getting that um, knowledge out there and being being the voice of agriculture. Sure. Oh, you, and you might be the only resource that those kids have to hear that because, you know, it, the, the current age we live in, there's a lot of inaccurate information given about how the ag industry works in this country, yeah. and the you know the you hear a lot of negative things about what it contributes to, and when you can set the record straight with these kids and be an informative 
source for them. That might be the only one they ever get. So right. it's, it's that's a very important job to have. And y'all don't know the kind of impact you're having. You know what I mean? As far as it sounds like 4-H, that y'all's teachers and leaders that y'all had were very impactful Yes. when y'all were young. And look where you're at now. So it, it's it'll probably be the same thing for y'all. You know, some of these kids that you're the outreach to them, they could be some of your coworkers one day. Yep. Or that's take what your spot when you retire. Yeah, you know? that's what that's what we hope yeah. and um we want them to love it like we do. Yeah, just dropping a little pebble in their shoe. That's yeah. right. You know? That's right. So what about this time of year? Where if you is that a week from today? Is Christmas a week from today? Oh gosh. I think so. I think it's I Monday. think it is. What about as as far as Christmas events, is there anything special that y'all do? Yes, so we, um, Anna Elizabeth, we have planned two fun little activities um, for this week. Um, so tonight, we're actually going to be doing like a Christmas craft. And we have like three little crafts set up. Um, so we put it out on social media and put flyers in schools um, to get the word out there. Um, so tonight, they're going to do um, some painting and ornament making. All right. And then on Wednesday, we're going to be doing... Um, like decorating Christmas cookies. And will that be at the extension office? It will be. Okay. So Four o'clock. Four o'clock both Four days. All right. That's ornament making. I wouldn't mind going that that myself. I've always heard of an ornament making party. I've never been to well, one. Well, come on. Come on. Now, what, can people volunteer that aren't parents? Or of course. Yes. Okay. Of course. Yes. We've got a lot of volunteers that aren't parents. Okay. What's the protocol look like for like, if someone wants to volunteer? Do they do they need to submit to a background check, of course, and you know there's certain yes. criteria they have to meet. Okay, that's 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 yep. good. So we have an application process, and then um, there's different levels of volunteers within um, 4-H and Extension. So um, what kind of what level you apply and be for is kind of your interaction with children. Of course, if you have like close interactions with children, you're like a higher level of a volunteer. You try to fit them with whatever their experience is for yes. how they can be an asset to, exactly. to, to yep. 4-H. Okay. Yep, because there's some stuff that we want to offer that the kids are interested in that me and Elizabeth, we yeah. don't really know like anything knitting. about. <laughs> I don't know how to knit. Well, but. I, was, I was about to say, that's a skill that's so, uh, that, that used to be a prevalent skill, you know, 100 years ago, but that's kind of been lost. So how did you... I would love to tell you about that, Clint. <laughs> so um, with my previous job, the 10 set job, um, I worked with a lot of senior centers, like a lot, mm. in Robertson County. And uh, when I told uh, my little old ladies, hey, I'm going to be moving over to 4-H, one of them's like, well, how can I help you? Mm. And I said, well, do you know? What, what do you want to do? And she's like, I would love to teach knitting. So I was like, I will get you hooked up, sister. So um, we made a knitting class, and there's about uh, nine nine students in it from fourth and up. So I think fourth through tenth grade, maybe. So all ages. And uh, she is loving it. Miss Debbie is rocking it. And uh, we we uh, she helps them knit now. When they look at me, I'm like, I don't know how to knit. I, I'm, I'm on the same page as you. I'm learning <laughs> but, right there with you. Yeah. Exactly. But, I mean, it, it is new skills that we learn. And uh, like Miss Debbie says, if, if we don't teach it, then nobody's going to know. 
And I've, that gives her an opportunity to be in a position to interact with these kids and teach them something she's passionate exactly. about. Exactly. That's a wonderful thing. And the fact, like I said, my, my wife, she's she's trying to learn how to knit because she's she would admit she kind of has ADD or ADHD where she needs to be doing something with her hands, where she can be sitting there watching you know, a movie or whatever. It's hard for her to sit there and watch a movie without doing something else. So she's trying to learn to knit, and it's it's pretty, it's pretty, what's the word? Um, not finicky, but um, when something's really small and hard and you have a hard time with it, it's, uh, I can't think of it. <laughs> can't think of the well, word. Well, knitting is hard. I, I will admit. <laughs> I mean, it's very entailed. It's, uh, it is. You, it is. I imagine you probably, once you've done it enough, you, it's probably second nature and you can do it with your eyes closed. Yes. But just learning it, it's a lot of moving parts there, literally. It is. It really is. It really is. And we got, what, nine nine kids enrolled in there? Yeah. Well, that's nine kids that would have never known it if they wouldn't have joined 4 Exactly. So that's, that's a exactly. wonderful thing. And yeah. uh, Whenever we've gotten a gift before from the, we used to go to church with some folks, a young lady that used to knit. She needed me a hat one time. It's oh, just the fun. coolest thing. Yeah, it's, it, I mean, it's if you can give a gift like that to somebody, something you handmade, that's pretty special stuff. Oh, yeah. She gave me a blanket uh, before I got married. Uh, she gave me a blanket uh, and said, this is your uh, this is your wedding blanket, and I use it every day. <laughs> Tedious. Tedious. That's the word. Yes. Tedious. I couldn't pull it. I knew it was on the tip of my tongue. But she gave you a, a blanket for your as a wedding yes. gift. That's really neat. I mean, that's something you'll carry with you the rest of your life. You yes. Know? There's just something about it when it's handcrafted like that. It just makes it that much more special. It does. So. Moving on from 4-H, what about, what about y'all? Christmas time of year, it's a week away. What are some of the traditions? That, I, I like to hear about other people's family traditions. So, Lauren, what about you? What, what are some of your family traditions surrounding Christmas? So, me and my husband, um, both of our families are right there in Cheatham County, so we don't have to travel anywhere, which That's is nice. nice. Yeah. Um, and then we have two little boys. So, my oldest is five, and my youngest is six months, so... The five-year-old, he, he's pumped. He's ready. Um, he was funny the other day. He was like, I'm going to open all a brother's presents, too, because he's not old enough to do it. So he's like, he's like double the presents. Like, he knows um, that's his job. Um, so we'll just go to my husband's side of the family and then my side of the family. But just pretty much your traditional family um, hanging out and... Um, just spending time together is, we don't really have any big, like, crazy traditions or anything like that within our family, um, but it's fun. Um, it's so, Christmas is so different after you have kids, and just seeing the spirit in their eyes, and oh, yeah. it doesn't get any better. Yeah, that's, well, our oldest is three, and he, this is the first year he's really getting it, and his, his little brother is is two, so he's kind of picking up on it. But this is really the first year where it's a lot of fun for my wife and I. Um, let me ask you this. When Santa comes, because Santa has different practices for people's houses, um, does Santa wrap the gifts that he brings, or do they just, like, set out unwrapped? Santa wraps, and okay. um, 
Santa still has a lot of wrapping to do. <laughs> Santa about, didn't wrap at my house. He didn't mind either. So, he didn't mind either. Um, I always had wrapped gifts, and my husband did too. He said there was one Christmas where Santa didn't wrap his gifts, and they were just all sitting out. And he said he was a mad little boy. Like oh. he's like, I remember that to this day. He said I was so upset Santa didn't wrap my presents. So. We're rapping. Um, we're about halfway there. It's interesting how, as uh, I grew up the same way, when, when the, the gifts that Santa brought, they were just set out and pile. You know, I had my sister's pile, my brother's pile, and my pile. And he just and that's what I grew up with. But if he had been rapping for four or five years, and then Santa decided not to rap him, I imagine that kind of screwed you up on Christmas oh, yeah. morning. Oh um, yeah. So I think I like wrapping it, and then just that um, suspense they have of opening. Yeah. Um, and, well, one thing I will say, we are a real trip Christmas tree family, so um, we don't do fake trees. So, um, me and my husband both grew up with real trees, so um, we both have, we wanted to keep that tradition going. Well, let me ask you, that, that's an interesting thing you just brought up, because my, my wife was, uh, she was a real Christmas tree gal, or I was, I grew up with artificial trees. So, the past three or four years, we went out and got a live tree. I get it home, it stops drinking water. Every time. No, there was one year it, it drank up until Christmas. But the past two years, I think, the thing just wouldn't drink. And it would dry up. You know, by the middle of December, it was dry and it was shedding needles. And it would, I just felt bad for it. I can't watch <laughs> Something, when it doesn't have water to drink, whether it's a plant or an animal or me, I just felt so sorry for it. So I took it out and, uh, you know, I made a recut on it. Because they say they can get a film of sap on it where they right. can't drink. It didn't make a difference. So I drilled holes in it, and it, it, nothing worked. So the next year, I said, "Okay, as soon as we get home with it, I'm making a new cut." And it didn't. It didn't solve it. It still dried up anyway. So do y'all have that trouble? I will say some years are worse than others. Like last year, our tree dried up so fast, and it shedded like crazy. Um, we have cats in the house, and of course, a little boy that can't keep his hands or their little paws off the Christmas tree, and. There was just needles everywhere. Mm -hmm. um, but this year, it's doing a whole lot better. Good. But I will Good. say, in general, it does seem like they do kind of slack off drinking um, the longer it goes. Because ours isn't drinking as much as it was. But it's still green and pretty, and it hasn't been shedding that bad this year. It's just hit or miss, seems like. Yeah. like out of three years, one year, we did good. The other two, it's just... Dried up like it was in the desert or something. <laughs> Elizabeth, what about you? What's some of y'all's? Now, now, since, now, you got married back in April. Yes. So, so this is going to be y'all's first Christmas. First as a Christmas. Couple. Oh, yes. Okay. That's interesting. So, what does what is what's that going to look like for y'all? There's got to be some give and take a little bit, maybe, or maybe not. Maybe it comes a lot easier than that. Well, I well, <laughs> uh, so far it's so good. So, um, we'll visit my family, which both of our families live in Robertson County. So, uh, we, we don't have any trouble of traveling or anything. So, um, just like Lauren said, we'll go visit his family and then we'll go visit my family. And then we always have a Christmas tradition at my house that we always eat, uh, a big Christmas brunch and, uh, mama always fixes a big Christmas brunch, and um, then we'll open our gifts, and that's that's really special to me because I've always grown up doing a big break, uh, breakfast, and it is really fun to uh, to 
um, open gifts and just have be a, with family. Be with family. Yeah. That's right. Do y'all that's now? Right. Do both of y'all, we all see them on Christmas Day, or is it more of a Christmas Eve, or or both? Both. Yeah. Okay. Usually Christmas Eve. Um, through Christmas Day, it's like we're jam packed. Yeah. Do y'all still have grandparents that are? That are there that you see? Yes. So my dad's um, side, I still have both of my grandparents on my dad's side. Mm -hmm. And then my husband has his grandmother on his dad's side, um, still still living in with us. So That's special. You know, when you still have the, the, the old timers around, you know, that you can talk to and, and hear about stories from. You know, I, I don't have any grandparents left. So that's one thing I really lament. On Christmas, you know, not having that. So yeah, that's that's a wonderful thing if you if you still have the the matriarch and patriarchs yep. around. And we, both of us are have always been very close with our grandparents. So, um, and our little boys, they love them just as much mm. too. So, it's special, special time. It of is. If uh, if y'all had to pick one Christmas movie, you can only watch one this Christmas season, just one. What would it be for y'all? That may take a minute to to think, because there's so many good ones. You know, you got Christmas Vacation. We watched that yesterday. Did you? <laughs> you? It's hard to leave that one out, but then you got like a Christmas Story. Uh, have y'all ever seen? Is it Miracle on Thirty Fourth Street? Yes. We started to watch one. that last night, but I fell asleep. <laughs> so I gotta, I gotta, I gotta. I love it. Elf. Like I'm yeah. not gonna lie. Um, I just love the comedy in it. Like it's just hilarious. I'm with Lauren. I think Elf. It'd be Elf. Yep. It cracks me up. I don't know if I've ever seen it the whole way through. Oh, you got to see I, it the whole way through. I've seen the beginning, the part where he's, you know, he's he's made it to the North Pole as a baby, and he's continuing to grow and get bigger. And he's like in a classroom, and the camera shifts yep. all the little, and it shifts to him, and he's just like triple the size of everybody sitting there smiling. It cracks me up. Yep. You know? And um, I love the Grinch too. Um, and my little boy loves the Grinch, so we're very... Now, is that the, the Jim Carrey Grinch or the original like, cartoon Grinch? All of it. All or the of, new one. All of them. There's a new one, too. Yep. Yeah, I, yeah, I like the new one. Uh, the, the Jim Carrey, I think that came out in, like, 2000. And yeah, that scared me. It. That really scared me. He's got a, he's got <laughs> he a spooky face. I loved it, always. Well, he, he did an interview about that, and he was he said something, to, because the makeup they had on him, it took hours to, oh, to sure. get him ready for that part. And I think he had to learn some sort of meditation so he didn't lose his mind because you have to sit there and having all that on you, it's if you're not a person who doesn't like confinement, it would drive you insane. Yep. Um, so, yeah, that was – we watched that a couple weeks ago, I think. And then what? there's one more that really jumps out at me. Um, it's an older one. Was it a, I already said A Christmas Story. Mm -hmm. Did y'all like that one? Yep. They did a sequel. Last year, I think, where Ralphie was grown up with his own family, but I never... I don't think I've seen that one. I didn't yeah. see that one either. But this is the time of year. It's, it's the time to catch up and, and That's watch, right. just take it easy, take it slow, and enjoy that time with your family. Yep. Um, well, y'all, we've been going right at an hour. This has been fun. It goes, it's goes, so fun. It goes, this is, this so fast. It goes fast when you're having fun. I always tell people that. Uh, but I, listen, I really appreciate y'all taking the time to come up here. And... Uh, for me, as a person that doesn't know a lot about 4-H, and I've got little kids, so that's going to be something in the coming years that we're definitely going to consider for them if that'd be a good fit for them. So, you know, listen to y'all's knowledge and wisdom about it and, you know, 
telling everybody else about it. I really appreciate it. Yeah, well, thank, thank you for having us. Yeah, we had a blast. Well, and just again, again, Timmy, he had, he wore the microphones last <laughs> week. But look at across and see, it's normally I'm the only one that wears them. So when y'all got it on, everybody's involved. We're on the same team. It's it's fun. It makes yep. it a little bit more fun yep. for me too. So anyhow, y'all, I really appreciate your time. And I uh, hope y'all have a, a Merry Christmas with your families, okay? Yes, thank yes, you. Sir. Merry Christmas. Everybody, appreciate you listening to this episode. Be sure to tune in next week for another episode. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the Grazing Podcast. Be sure to subscribe, leave us a review, and come pay us a visit at Robertson Sheetham Farmers Co-op.